Andrina here with Finding Your Five. This podcast is based off the concept that you are the average of the five people you hang out with most. So you want to elevate your life? Surround yourself with good people. And the individuals we are interviewing, anyone would be lucky to have in their group of five. Before we share this episode, let's talk a little bit, Drina, about who we who we interviewed. I really liked this interview. She's amazing. Yeah. So she her name's Rachel Yurkis. She's creator and owner of a blog called Easy Peasy Meals. And what I think so interesting about her interviews, well, two things. If you're into this whole blogging world and people who are just kind of kicking trash and taking names. I think it's very fascinating how people have grown and made really incredible incomes from this and getting to stay home. But I also think even if you're not into the blogging world, it's really cool to see how somebody kind of self-taught, figured something out. That's the part that's crazy. Everything was new. Yes. Everything she tried, she'd never done before. And she just took off with it. Yes. Took the bull by the horns, if you will. And I think that's really cool. One of the things she says in the interview, and I love this because it's honest and it's a good reality check for me, is at one point she's talking about how she feels like she's not really doing well. Do you remember that part? Mm -hmm. And she says, I'm just not very good at this. And she's like, but that's the problem. I'm really not. I've really got to like treat this like a job. And when she did, she started to grow. And I love that honesty that I think sometimes we're afraid to just be like, to go beyond the... I'm not good at it. I do that all the time. I'm not yeah. good at it. So the end, no happily, no, they lived happily ever after. Just game over. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's not going to work out. What's the next thing I can try? But it's like, no, why am I not good at it? What are other people doing out there that I can learn from and improve so I can be good at it? So I loved that. You're familiar with Pinterest, right, Drina? I mean, who isn't these days? I am. I've been down the rabbit hole a few times. <laughs> so I was probably one of the last people to know what Pinterest was and I still don't know how I have pins on my board or whatnot but I do so I love Pinterest anyway she has a recipe it's called Greek chicken bowls and it was pinned over one million times oh my word and it was the number one chicken recipe on Pinterest for two years and then she had another recipe called sheet pan garlic chicken veggies recipe it was viewed over 33 million times on Facebook Another thing I want to bring up, though, just really quickly, because I don't want our listeners, Drina, to think that we define success just by hitting um, professional marks and it doesn't matter what kind of person you are. You know, obviously, it's important to be a good person. And I don't know that right. we always talk about that in our interviews, but I do want to share really quickly with about Rachel. Um, she really does give back. She did a cooking class for the teenage boys in her neighborhood. And it was a food drive. They came and they brought canned goods. That was like the price of the cooking class. Okay. And then she taught them um, this like homemade pasta. And she did that for her, for her, for the young men in her neighborhood. So I thought that was really cool. And then also another one I want to share is during this whole COVID when everybody was quarantining, like everybody was, some of us may still be, but everybody was. And she um, did an online cooking class for kids on Friday. And it was simple ingredients, really easy, something that the kids could do and make them be productive for a minute. So she really does give back. And so that's really impressive. When you listen to this episode, some takeaways, though, that I thought were cool. Um, her journey's awesome. It's super inspiring. 
I also really like her little tips of how to get your kids cooking in the kitchen with you. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of a control freak. <laughs> so when she talked about that, I was like... Were you getting hives a little bit? A little bit. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's a crazy concept. But if you can have an open mind, the idea that she actually... What did she say? Rotates her meals? Rotates her meals. And the other thing that she does is she'll have her kids clean up as they go. She taught them that concept. That's a concept I still don't (laughs) (laughs) practice. So awesome. So there's some little like pro tips in there. And she also mentions how she develops recipes, which is which is something I've always been intrigued by. So be inspired by your story. Get some takeaway tips. And I think you'll really enjoy this interview. Rachel, I was just wondering if you could share with everyone your background, like how you got into the blogging world and what you were doing beforehand and just kind of give us a little sketch of sure. how this all happened. Of course. Um, I got a bachelor's degree in English and I had a minor in editing and I was running a small writing company. And so it was extremely time consuming. And during this time I had three kids and I was pregnant with my fourth and I was like any mom feeling a little overwhelmed with just trying to get dinner on the table. And so I started making our favorite meals um, freezer friendly. So I would find ways to take the foods we loved and prep them ahead so that by the end of the day, when my overwhelm was the highest, I wasn't starting from scratch on dinner. And so I, we aren't big fans of cream of mushroom soup or like cheesy casseroles. And that was like all I could find online to freeze ahead of time were, were things like that. And and so I started making meals um, with like adjusting our favorite meals to be prep ahead meals. And during that time, I had like a little family like journal blog on a, like a blog spot right, blog. Right. And um, I had a few friends that asked me for my recipes like oh you one of our favorites was an orange chicken and so I had a few people asking me for the recipes and I kept texting them over to them and it was like time consuming and I was a busy mom running a small business and had little kids like toddlers and so I thought well I'm going to put these on my website then that way when people ask for them I don't have to text them. I can just say, oh, they're on my blog. Efficient. See, she's an efficient person. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Um, and my, I was telling my dad about it, and he's like, well, why don't you start, like, a, your own website? Like, you don't like, you don't necessarily need to put it on your, your family journal blog. Mm-hmm. Why don't you start a, a website? And he, he jokingly said, you could call it Easy Peasy Freezy. And I was like <laughs> rolling my eyes like, oh, my gosh, that's so cheesy. You know, like <laughs> thought I was being so funny. And I've never said easy peasy in my life. Like it's not a phrase it's I say. It's not your common trademark. No. <laughs> and um, he's like, we could do it together. And my dad, um, my dad loves food. I think I got my love of food from my dad. And he's always tinkering around in the kitchen it, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. So when I started, I didn't really think like, oh, I'm going to turn this into a business that's going to provide for my family. I thought like, oh, this is a fun side gig. And so I was like, I don't know, not taking it super seriously, like taking pictures with my phone and just like at night. And um, 
Were you thinking, though, Rach, um, that it would be like a side business to the business you have? Did you kind of have that in your mind that you were still going to make money with it? Or were you just offering this service at this point? I was working online. So I knew there was this opportunity to make money, but I wasn't quite ready to commit to like changing career paths, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, I thought like, oh, this could be fun. But I don't know, like anytime you're a busy mom, it felt like a little too much to Mm -hmm. try to figure it out at that moment. And so... So I'm sorry, you said you were taking pictures with your phone, you weren't taking it super seriously. Yeah, like I would just write like this recipe tastes good you should try it you know like like it wasn't I like it as will you yes and like just really stupid titles like not quite as good as P.F. Chang's but you'll like this orange chicken you know just like really not I didn't give it a lot of thought Mm -hmm. it was more of like a I don't know a pipe dream but not something I was working on and I had my fourth baby and I was not wanting to spend all day writing on the computer. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to sell this business and give this blog a go. Like I'm going to really try to make something out of it. And so I sold my writing business and kind of dissolved it, like kept a couple clients because I needed a safety net because I'm not, I'm a little risk averse. And I decided to really give like, blogging ago and I had a really dumb goal I thought okay if I can make $400 a month then we can maintain our current lifestyle and I won't have to like do any other jobs and so that was my goal it wasn't an issue so that was nice so about two months later so I'd already been blogging like maybe a year at that point and not not doing like anything special. I, in fact, I remember the first, back then the ads were all Google ads and you, you didn't get paid until you hit a hundred dollars. And so I think it took me like eight months before I got my first (laughs) check from Google. I was making like 20 cents a day and I was so proud of it. And, um, but I knew that there was some potential and like, I also knew that I wasn't like doing the work to really like, like, I didn't think like this isn't succeeding because I'm failing. I thought, well, I'm not really working that hard. Like I'm not giving it like it's fair shot. So I was on a a road trip with my kids and I had a, a brand reach out to me. It was a, a tuna fish brand and we're not big tuna lovers at my house, but they said like, hey, we, we saw your content and that it's really kid friendly. We'd love to pay you to develop a recipe for us um, about back to school lunches Wow! and use our tuna. And I was like, okay, like that sounds awesome. (laughs) And I don't like tuna fish very much. So I felt like I was selling out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to make up a recipe with tuna and we don't even eat tuna. So I was like feeding it to anyone who would eat it. Like, can you try this and tell me if it's good? Cause I don't think it's good. Cause I don't like tuna fish. Right. But I did the recipe and I got paid and I was like, I think, I don't even know what they paid me. I think it was like $150. This is like a million years ago. And I thought, oh, if I just do like three of these a month, like I'll make my $400 and I won't like, that's all I'll have to do. So I started like doing my research. Like, how do I get, cause they reached out to me. And so I thought, well, how do I get more brands to want to work with me so that I can like not work as much? (laughs) I like it. I know I was being very lazy. So I started just like hustling and trying to work with brands, like emailing any brand who would like, who had an email that I could find 
And I remember emailing Vitamix and I don't like, I'm like so embarrassed about this email now, but I was like, I have 10,000 readers a month. Like you should send me a Vitamix and pay me to make a recipe. And they didn't even respond. And I was like, so dejected, like, oh my gosh, like they don't even like me. (laughs) And I just like was so embarrassed and thought like, oh, I'm just not very good at this. And so then I thought, well, like, well, that's the problem. I'm not that good at this. Like, I really need to step up my game. There's other recipe bloggers who are doing a much better job. So I just started, like, taking it more seriously. Like, I want to make a real go of this. I want this to be a real business and not just, like, a little side gig. And so I started treating it like a job instead of um, fitting it into Mm -hmm. the cracks in my life. And when I started doing that, I started to grow pretty fast. So do you feel like you obviously had a background in writing? Do you feel like you kind of had a jump on maybe someone else who's trying because you did write for other companies? So you kind of had an understanding of like SEO and, you know, how that plays into it. Did that kind of help you get the traffic? I mean, obviously your product is fantastic, but people have to know about you and get to your website. No, I thought I knew about SEO, but I wasn't employing any of my knowledge, which was to my detriment. I wish that I had started doing that sooner. What I think really served me well in the beginning was two things. I One, I networked like crazy. Anyone who had a blog, I tried to get to know them. Like I thought, okay, we're all in this together. This is a new industry. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what they're doing, so let's do it together. So I went to any conference I could afford to buy a ticket to and I like just made friends with everyone and back then the way you grew was like other people would tell their audience about you I remember I had like maybe 300 Facebook followers and I'd been trying to grow my Facebook you know and telling all my friends to share my page, share my page. And it's like, you only have so many friends. And the more you tell them, the less friends you have. So, you know, like That balance. It's so hard. <laughs> right? And so I, um, I had gone to this blogging event. It was like a dinner at some restaurant in Salt Lake. And I had met this, this girl and she had a bigger Facebook page than me. And I like, I, I think, Sorry, one thing I want to back up and say is like I was networking and like I wanted to learn and grow, but I wasn't like making friends so they could promote my blog. Like I just genuinely like loved the industry and the people in it. And so I met this girl and we became friends. And then she um, she shared my Facebook page on her Facebook page. And back back then when you did that, you got like a lot of followers. Now nobody cares because everybody's like way over inundated with information. But I remember like going to bed and I had like 300 followers. And when I woke up in the morning, I had like 3000. Holy cow. Yeah. And I was so excited. Like I called my dad. I like called my family. Like I was so proud. I was so excited, like embarrassingly. So like, just like, oh my gosh, like I have made it. I have (laughs) 3000 followers. Sounds like a lot to me. Uh, (laughs) So I feel like I like recognize the power of like, just sharing other people and hoping that they'll share you in return. And so I kind of made that my, my like mission that year was just like get to know other bloggers, share their stuff. And like, usually when you do something nice for someone, they like want to do something nice back. Mm -hmm. So I never like did it with an expectation, but that really helped. And I think like that year I, I don't know, grew, grew my Facebook to like maybe 50,000. And I was like, so proud of that. And just feeling like 
on top of the world. So then the other thing I did was I, I wasn't, I don't know, like I, I feel like now I'm way more risk averse, but I just like wasn't afraid to try new things. At the time, video was really new in blogging and most people didn't, like you had YouTube and you had blogs and they weren't, there wasn't a lot of overlap. And my brother had um, a job where he helped create recipe demonstration videos for a food brand, like in-house videos Mm -hmm. for their sales team. And so he had some knowledge on like editing videos. And because I was trying to like, get into video I thought like this would be good nobody's doing food video like I could do this Mm -hmm. and and be like I don't know a pioneer yes right yes I I thought okay I'm going to invest in this and I'm gonna hope it pays off so I called my brother and I was like can I pay you to come to my house and help me make videos like once a month thought okay this is a risk but I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna hope it pays off and if not I'll try to sell all this equipment and I'll you know hang my head in shame and <laughs> cut my losses <laughs> move on. so I um I shot my first video and I was in my kid's bedroom I like set up a Ikea shelf behind me and put some pots and pans on it and had like this kitchen island that college kids buy like for their little dorm room yeah. kitchens it was so cheesy and I shot a YouTube style video. So I was talking and we recorded audio and I was very nervous and I just was like bumbling everything and it was not entertaining and it was way too long and it was a terrible video, but the the sound quality was high and the video itself was like shot well and lit well because I had someone who knew what they were doing helping me. So I shot like... I think maybe five or six videos that first month. Then I had, okay, so at the time I was still doing sponsored work Mm -hmm. and sponsored posts were paying like $125 to maybe $200. So it was a ton of work for not a ton of money. And I had a brand reach out and say, we noticed you're doing video and we'd love for you to do a video for us and we'll pay you $2,000. And I was like... (gasps) You're like, do you know that's a lot more than what other people are paying right now? No, I'm just kidding. Like I, there wasn't a standard set for video. Nobody knew what to charge for it. Nobody knew what, like what anybody else was paying because nobody was doing that um, outside of YouTube. And so I like acted like I knew what I was doing. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, I can do it for that. But you'll also need to include the cost of my ingredients. And I like, just love that. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna go for broke here, and they're like, "Yeah, no problem." Just so took the bull by the horns. Look I at mean, you I negotiating. Tried. You're like, <laughs> so, "That's great and all, but let's talk ingredients here." I feel like you have to fake it till you make it, right? Like, pretend like I know what I'm doing. So, yes. um, I shot a few videos. Was able to get like enough sponsored videos to pay off, like pay for all the equipment I bought. So I felt love like at least I broke even. So now that I've broke even, I can play around and like try new things with video and see if I can find something that resonates better with my audience because my videos were falling really flat. Nobody cared about them, but they, the one thing that was really good about them was nobody was doing video yet for food on Facebook. I started, there were like maybe three of us and video took off on Facebook pretty early. And so my Facebook grew really quickly because of video And so I felt like that was like a huge, like being an early adapter to anything Mm -hmm. pays off. And 
being early with video helped me grow an audience that like has continued to like benefit me now. So do you feel like you kind of partnered with anyone, a blogger that you kind of, you know, got information or was a mentor to you during this time that kind of helped? We have like blogging groups and we were talking and like bouncing ideas off each other. And I had like my closer friends in blogging that I would talk to every day or say like, hey, can you check out this video and tell me like, give me some some um a critique like Mm -hmm. let me know what you think and so I felt like I had um I had my people that definitely helped me like stay you know like like people who helped me stay innovating because that Mm -hmm. was like the really cool thing that is the really cool thing about my job is that it's always changing and I loved that I love school I love education and so I love that while it can be overwhelming and sometimes it feels like the work is never done because there's always something new you have to learn and implement. And especially in the early years, it was really fun because it was like, well, I wonder if this would work. Let's try it. You know? And so having that group um, of people to like bounce ideas off of and learn from, like I had a friend who started her blog around the same time as me and she was far more successful. And so, um, being able to like, I don't know, be humble enough to say like, maybe I'm not doing as good of a job. Like there's stuff that I can learn yeah. and then asking for help when I needed it. But I think that came with being willing to offer something in return. Mm-hmm. So when I was trying to grow my audience, I started contributing for a few other people's blogs in exchange for shares. Okay. So like I would shoot recipes and like develop recipes for their site and they would share my content on their, on their social media channels. Got it. Yeah. So trying to like learn from people, but not necessarily take advantage of them. Right. Having it be, you know, mutually beneficial. What can I offer to make it mutually beneficial? Do you feel like now, you know, if you Google top, you know, types of blogs, you know, fooding, food, fooding, fooding, (laughs) new word, (laughs) food is one that comes up, but it also, and you'll find next to it, very competitive, many food blogs out there. Do you feel like you got in kind of early on? Do you feel like now if someone to start a food blog, do you feel like, okay, there, we know more things, but it's more competitive. You know, where's the balance? Is it harder now to start it? I think the balance is there. I think there's a couple things that are, like are major considerations. I think anyone could start and be successful. We have people who started two, three years ago that are like some of the bigger food bloggers in okay. the industry. But I think there's there's a couple of factors that come into play there. Number one is like being educated about how to go about doing it right. Mm-hmm. Like I... I made a million mistakes in the beginning and I, it was okay because the industry was new. Mm-hmm. If I started now, like, like I started then I would never grow. Mm-hmm. So I think taking the time to learn is huge. I think recognizing that there's not going to be an instant payoff. I think there's the industry is very oversaturated because people are seeing influencers and bloggers making incomes and they think like, this is not that hard. I can do this too. And I agree with that to an extent, but it is a ton of work. Yes, I basically worked for free for a year before I made enough money to even pay myself. Like, I mean, to even pay for the cost of my blog, let alone like earn a real income. Right. And so I think people who go into it thinking like, this is going to be an easy payday are going to burn out quickly and not they're not going to ever be successful. So you have to kind of go in with the right approach of like, I need to pay, you know, do my time, have a strategy, 
And then the other thing is maybe having a message, a voice or a niche. Mm -hmm. I think like I'm a general food blog and I don't see a lot of general food blogs that are just starting finding success, finding like your story or like your viewpoint that you're going to talk to or about. So whether that's like a specific dietary lifestyle Mm -hmm. or, you know, easy prep or something, you know, just like whatever it is, I feel like having a niche is going to help you maybe not grow in the volume that a general food blog could grow, but like you'll, you'll make more and you'll have a more dedicated audience. So So. basically you think you have this niche further niche it down. Yes. Like denichify. I don't know. How long did it take you to find your niche? Well, I would say I don't really have one, which sometimes is problematic for me. I feel like that, that can be to my detriment. Um, I try to have like niches within my, so like I do a lot of instant pot and those perform really well for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that what, what I'm still working on and like, I don't, I don't think I'm perfect at any of this is um, honing my message, which my messaging is more, um, I guess what I was trying to allude to is like having a, a platform of some kind, uh, like a, a message, a story to tell. And for me, that dinner time is so important that it's it's something that you should prioritize that like eating together as a family is good for your kids good for you like good for relationships and so if I can help remove some of those obstacles by making it simpler to get the meal on the table and reduce like the work involved with getting dinner on the table then I can like amplify the experience of having dinner together and so anytime I go into a project with that in mind I feel like it's like far more successful than just trying to check a box and get a recipe out and I think that is something I learned from my tuna fish experience Mm -hmm. is that like if I'm not proud of this if it's not like something that's actually from my heart it's not really going to succeed because I'm not going to want to promote it and so I was grateful for that company because it, it made me realize I could earn money, but I was ashamed of myself for selling out and pretending I love tuna fish when I didn't even want to test my own recipe. Why well, couldn't chicken it be of chocolate? She's wearing t-shirts. This doesn't feel like you, but okay. No, just teasing. But I will say though, Rach, you know, I, I've made recipes off your site and I'm going to butcher the title, but you know, we did the sheet pan steaks, I mm-hmm. want to say. And, you know, I'm not a great cook. <laughs> My husband is. But I feel like I can look at a recipe and say, I know what those ingredients are. You know what I mean? Because once I don't know an ingredient, it's great to learn. But if I want to be quick, I'm like, it feels like work. I'm going to have to ask someone what aisle in the grocery store. You know what I mean? So I've yeah. always been able to very user-friendly and say, okay, yep, I can do that. A lot of the stuff I already have in my kitchen. And I love how you have categories like 20 minutes, you know, click. This one will only take you 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And I think if you can do that, those meals you can put on your table and you won't go to the store store to buy like pizza, you know? And so, right. Rach, you know, you're, you don't have a boss. You're your own boss and yeah. you have kids at home and um, from all ages, you know, elementary school, high school. Um, do you have kind of a set schedule or do you kind of just embrace the flexibility? So how do you execute on being a mom and still getting those tasks done? Yeah, that's a really good question. I I think that the best way I can answer that is I don't do everything myself. I obviously like we try to run a tight ship. And I think there's like that cheesy saying that it's more like a tight ship wreck, (laughs) which is pretty accurate for my house. It's a lot of 
controlled chaos, I would say. But I think that the just letting go of some of the expectations Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I haven't scrubbed a toilet in five years. I hire someone to do that for me because I would rather spend my time with my kids or working on my business. I taught my kids to cook. So Mm -hmm. they make dinner five nights a week, you know, like just figuring out. That's another podcast in itself. (laughs) Like step one, how to. That (laughs) is brilliant. Yes. So just like (laughs) I would say the way I do it is I invest the time up front so I don't have to invest the time forever. Mm-hmm. Teach your kids to cook and then they can do it forever, you know. Yes. And it's hard. So letting my kids help me make banana bars the other day <laughs> is going to pay off somehow <laughs> because I was a nervous wreck. Well, I think that, that you have to remove the expectation as well, though. Like my kids are in charge of one meal each um, a week. And sometimes we have spaghetti from a jar and sometimes we have like a real like awesome gourmet meal, but they're accountable for it. So if I like have this expectation of perfection, then everybody's unhappy at the end of the day. So, you know, well, I'm really intrigued by this model because I think I have some kids that kind of match up with the ages of your kids. And so your youngest is finishing first grade. Right. So does she partner up with a sibling or does she not really do that? Or does she do a side? I mean, is she part of this? So process? I help her. Okay. Um, she, she can make breakfast by herself. And so sometimes she'll do breakfast instead of dinner, like on her day. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the way that I guess I'll just give you my whole, my whole rundown. Yes. So, please do. <laughs> the, the, way, <laughs> the way it works is, um, each kid has an assigned day and they have to let me know what they want to make ahead. So we have the ingredients and they're in charge of making it, but they can ask for help. So with Cece, who's only seven, right. she picks what we make and then I help her on that day and she does the parts she can do. So if we're making, I, I don't even know, like, let's say we're making a grilled chicken, mm-hmm. like she can measure and pour the ingredients for the marinade into the bowl and she can stir mm-hmm. and then I'll ban the grill. So just kind of like, obviously you have to approach it based on your children's right. ages and abilities, but empowering them with whatever skill level they're at to be fully in charge of that. Like, I don't know. No, that, that makes sense. So you're working from home. Do your kids like, do you have a time though that your kids have to respect that this is like my time and you don't interrupt? I mean, I would love to say yes to that in theory. Yes. In reality, of course not. Like they're still kids. I feel like I've not been great about that. Um, because I love my job. I love working. I love building my business. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be careful and not make them think that they're that it's more important than them so I like I've never said like you can't interrupt me Mm -hmm. unless I'm like like I shouldn't say never if I'm working on a project that has to be done that day I will like say I've got to work don't come in right but that boundary has been a tough one for me as a working mom Mm -hmm. to know like where to set it yes so I'm not that's not an area I'm I feel like I can offer advice in no I think it's good though because I think whenever you do something you can't hit all like objectives with one strategy sometimes. And I think what you're trying to say is that it's important that they know that they have a priority in your life. And so one way that you're accomplishing that is knowing that like mom's not off limits, you know, always. And so right. you can come in. And so if the byproduct is that maybe you're not as efficient, you met your goal though, that your kids felt like 
their priority. So Hopefully. I like it. I like it. I think it's fine. I was I just will curious. Say, like, I'm very goal driven and I'm very efficient with my time. So when I do work, I try to get as much done as possible so that I don't have to work all the time. And do you feel like now you're at a point in your career? Because I think you can get caught in the rat race and you are doing a lot. Do you feel like you're at a point in your career that you're kind of like, okay, I can take a I can take a breath for a minute and, you know, kind of shift how much time I'm spending? I think that blogging is always evolving. So if you take too much of a step back, you're going to be behind. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like that is like a personal level of comfort of how how much is enough Mm-hmm. and like how much do you like what do you need out of this and mm-hmm. so for me I really value like travel mm-hmm. so I will take a whole month off and go travel for a month but when I do work I work really hard mm-hmm. so that I can do that and also like I've been running my business for eight like eight plus years mm-hmm. now And so I feel like I've built it to the point where I can ignore it for a little while and it's not going to die. Right. And so I think it's also just a a matter of like creating something that you can step away from. Like if you have to baby it every second, it's going to be really draining to you. Mm -hmm. And but also knowing that when you step away, there will be a consequence and being okay with that consequence. I love that. So Rach, whether it's in life or blogging, what kind of you know, given that this podcast is surrounding yourself with good people, right. what kind of people or, or people do you look up to that you would have in your group of five? Yeah, I actually thought about this a lot because I felt like that's a like that's a really loaded question. Mm-hmm. But I think my like I think what the conclusion I came to is people who have expectations of you, but not for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. So like people who expect a lot of themselves and you are the people who I find like, I don't know, I don't want to say add the most value to my life, but they don't want to watch me not live up to my potential, Mm -hmm. but they're not expecting like anything from me either Mm -hmm. as far like that sounds terrible. No, it's, 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 it's a relationship that's not toxic and it's not sucking you dry, but it's someone that's making you rise because they have high expectations and not rising because they benefit from my growth, but because they love me and want to see me benefit from my growth. Exactly. And how do you kind of, how do you feel like you kind of find people that elevate you in that way I mean again this is like super cliche but I think it's that like your vibe um attracts your tribe mentality of like be that person and those are the kind of people you'll find and also just being really cognizant of how people make you feel like if I I mean like we've all made the mistake of having toxic relationships Mm -hmm. or friendships in Mm -hmm. our lives you know and like paying attention to that like when you're with those people do you feel like you're uplifted and, and motivated and excited to like be more and do more? Or do you feel like you're not enough? Yeah. I do have a question when you develop recipes, um, because I would never know. Like, I mean, I can tweak and say like, well, I bet that I could do oil instead of butter. I'm subbing like one fat for another, whatever. But I could never just say, I'm going to make chocolate cake. And I know like how much flour I would need. You know what I mean? Is this just time and time again that you've kind of have a like foundation for it? Or is there a lot of trial and error with your recipes? So I love America's Test Kitchen. Their cookbooks are very, very thorough and they have a lot of information about like what you can do and not do and what the impact will be like if you sub oil for butter. And so they kind of talk a lot like scientifically, don't they? Yeah. And that really appeals to me. I love that part of cooking. And that's a cookbook then kind of. I'm not familiar. America's Test Kitchen. It was a show. 
So it's we a show. It the they time. also have a ton of cookbooks and they have an online like cooking school and a physical cooking school okay. in mm-hmm. um, Napa Valley. Okay. So they're, but their cookbooks are very, very thorough as okay. far as like, if this is the result you want, here's what you need to do. Okay. And so I've, you know, I've spent a lot of time just learning mm-hmm. about whatever it is I'm going to make. I usually do a ton of research and then I don't always start from scratch. Like a okay. lot of times I am adjusting another recipe okay. or taking like, like those shortbread cookies. I have like several versions of them yes. and it's the same base. I'm just right. changing the flavor profile. So I think like most recipes are like the same idea right they start with like a base and then you have fun and play with them and so that's yeah that's how I develop recipes so well Rach thanks so much for coming on I feel like um like I said I've known you for a little while and uh I think something that's always rung true to me about you is that I do feel like you're really good about not losing sight of important things you know you've got your your business that you've grown which is super impressive but also you're very you're very involved mom and you're always like finding ways to give back and share your talents. I really appreciate you coming on this oh, show. And just a shout out for people if you want to find Rachel, tell them about where to find your blog. Okay. Well, my blog is called Easy Peasy Meals and it's spelled with Z's E A Z Y P E A Z Y M E A L Z. And I'm on all the social medias. Yes, and you should peruse. It's a treat. A lot of just great recipes that are not intimidating, but result in a great product. Thanks again, Rach. Thank you. 